I don't know about you, but uh, I am ready for some good news today, ready for some hope. We've been going through a study in the book of Lamentations and uh, been very timely. We didn't know, of course, when we started this out that this is where we would be and what would be going on in our country at this time, but uh, very timely. Uh, but I'm ready for some good news. I, I, I don't know about you, I'm kind of ready to stop lamenting, uh, ready for a little encouragement. And so today, that's what we get. We are going to wrap up our series in the book of Lamentations today. Next Sunday, I'll have a message for you to help us prepare for Easter. We'll have a special Easter message. And then after that, we're going to jump into the book of Hebrews, which I'm really excited to get into. Uh, but today, we do get to wrap up this really, really important book that God has given us for the purpose of helping us learn how to cope with pain and suffering and disappointment and the things that are just inevitable to happen in life. And so it's a great book. It's been a great study. And every week I've made a point to try to sprinkle some hope throughout the message. But here's what today's all about. Today's all about the entire message really being about hope and, and where we have to, to go to find that hope in the dark. So I want to begin by reading in Lamentations chapter 3. Uh, starting in verse 19, and you can follow along with me here. It says, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him. To the one who seeks him, it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. This such great encouragement today in that passage. But you know, starting out in verses 19 and 20, he talks about remembering the bitterness and the things that he had gone through. And in case you haven't been with us, maybe the last couple of Sundays, a little bit of a recap there of what we've been talking about is the fact that we do go through difficulty. We do go through pain and we should never try to brush it aside. We should never try to ignore it or pretend like it doesn't hurt because it does. And, and we can't just pretend that we can forget about it because we really can. In fact, it says, I well remember those things. And so, you know, if, if you find yourself in a place right now where you say, I'm just in a difficult spot in my life, I get it. Uh, the last 12 months for our family, we've experienced a lot more pain in the last 12 months than we have in the last 12 years combined. And maybe you're in the same boat. Maybe it's been a difficult year. Maybe it's been a difficult decade. Uh, when you're right in the middle of it, it's tough. And we're ready for things to, to, uh, uh, to move on. But I know there's a lot of difficulty right now. There are a lot of people, a lot of people within our church family have lost jobs. They've maybe had their income cut back significantly. Uh, in many cases, if they do have jobs, they're trying to juggle working from home. In many cases, both people trying to work from home. And, and you throw kids in the mix of trying to homeschool kids and figure out. There's just a lot going on. And then... If underneath all that, maybe there's some tension in a marriage or there's tension in the relationship between parents and kids. I mean, that's just, that's a recipe for something ready to explode. And so we find ourselves right now uh, uniquely in a place where there's a lot of struggle, there's a lot of pain, there's a lot of difficulty. And because of that, there's a big need for hope. And so we have some good news today to talk about. I want us to uh, look back at verse 21 in verse 21, 
Uh, he's talking about his response to all this. So verse 20 ends with, my soul is downcast within me. Maybe you can relate to that and that feeling of, man, I'm just struggling. My soul is downcast. So where do we go from there? Verse 21, yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. Let's camp out for just a minute on that term, call to mind. This I call to mind. That, that word, the Hebrew word call uh, is talking about something very significant that we need to learn to do. It means to cause to return. That's, that's what we're talking about when we call something to mind. And it says, because of that, there is hope. Guys, when we lose hope, we've pretty much lost everything. Hope is what keeps us from sinking. Hope is what keeps us going. If you become hopeless, you really lose all motivation. There's not much energy, there's not much drive, there's not much desire to do anything. We need hope desperately. And so even in the midst of despair, as Jeremiah was, he reminds us that we can have hope if we will call to mind, if we will cause these things to, rem to return to our mind. So that's the first thing I want to point out to you today, is the fact that we choose what we call to mind. We choose what we call to mind. Now, I know that sometimes that's a difficult thing to do and we feel like there are thoughts that are coming into our minds from who knows where and it's very difficult to control that at times. But that's why it's important for us, coming back to what it says here, to cause to return the right types of thoughts. Because the reality is this, that if we just let our minds go, if we aren't intentional about those things, then we will find that the wrong types of thoughts are going to get flooded into our minds. I brought something with me today that just kind of for a little visual to help us kind of realize and maybe get a picture of what's going on right now because our minds are only capable of so many thoughts at a time. Now, I don't know how many different thoughts. It could be that they're on COVID-19 restrictions and only 10 at a time are allowed into the mind until others leave and, and more can come in. I don't know if it's 10. I don't know what that number is. But I do know this, that our, our minds are limited in what we are able to, uh, to process. So only so many thoughts can be in our mind at a time. So I want you to just imagine with me that this little tube here, it represents our mind. And then these little ping pong balls that we have represent some of the thoughts that we put into our mind. So this first one, let's put a little God in our mind. That's always a good thing, right? And then we can take, uh, you know, maybe take a little Bible. We'll take some Bible, put that in there. That's a good thing. You know, maybe we'll take a little prayer. You can always use more prayer, right? So we're going to take some prayer and put it in our minds. So now we've got some good things, some God-oriented things in our minds. But maybe you've experienced the same thing that I have, and that is that other thoughts start finding their way into our mind as well. We've got a little bit of pride here. Let's put some pride in. Maybe some depression. Some depression gets, gets into our minds, and then... Maybe there's a little bit of anxiety. Every little anxiety want to come into the picture? And then maybe there's some anger that we're dealing with. So we put a little anger in there and the mind starts to get a little bit full. Take a little bit of materialism, focused on you know, material things and all that. And how about, uh, how about a little self? Always good to put a little self in there. And then it starts to get more and more full and then... You know, let's, let's just do one more for now. Let, let's take a little bit of doubt and put that in there. Here's what happens when we begin to crowd those things in there. Guess what? The good stuff gets pushed out. 
So when the scripture says that, that we need to call to mind the right things, the flip side of that is true too. You know what happens when we take the God-oriented thoughts and start to put those back in? Now all of a sudden it starts to push the other stuff out. We need to call to mind the right things so that we can be focused on the things of God and not on the other things that, that tend to fill our minds. Because if we're not intentional about it, that's exactly what's going to happen. The bad stuff's going to push out the godly thoughts. But you and I have the opportunity, we have the choice to make that we can say, no, I'm not going to allow that to happen. I'm not going to allow those other thoughts to crowd out the thoughts that need to be in there. I'm going to call to mind the things that I need to be thinking about. Because here's the bottom line. You and I control our thoughts. We really do. At least if we are intentional about it, we can. Maybe I should say it that way. We are able to control our thoughts. We can choose to put certain thoughts into our minds. We're reminded in Psalm 103, verse 2, it tells us, forget not all his benefits. And then it goes on in the rest of uh, that chapter to list things that God does for us. Things like forgiving our sins, healing our disease, redeeming our life from the pit, crowning us with love and compassion. He talks about how he fulfills our desires with good things so that our youth is renewed like the eagles. We need to not forget those things. We need to be focused and calling to mind those things. So choose carefully what you put in your mind. Have you ever found your mind going down a path that it shouldn't be going down and realize that it's beginning to happen uh, really quickly and it's going to a bad place really quickly? I think we've all been there. Maybe it's, maybe it's a, a impure thoughts in the mind. And it starts maybe with something small and this begins to snowball. By the way, little side here, I have no way of proving this. But I suspect that during this time where people are under a lot of stress and where they uh, are, are told to stay at home and there are not a lot of other things, I suspect that pornography viewing is going to escalate during this time. I suspect that there are going to be more battles with thought life during this next period of time, maybe even than before. Or maybe the, the thought that, that, that can go downhill really quickly or thoughts of anger. You ever been there? Where you start out with something and maybe it's just something small, but then it escalates really quickly and next thing you know it's just exploding and it's like, how did I get here? It can go downhill very, very quickly. Maybe it's uh, thoughts of worry and concern over something. Maybe it's a health issue. Maybe it's a financial issue. And whatever it is, and we just continue to mull over those things. And next thing we know, we have just so quickly gone to a worst-case scenario, and now we're in full-blown anxiety and worry about it. The mind can go downhill faster than an Olympic skier. And it can happen quickly. And if we don't watch it, if we aren't intentional about putting the right thoughts in our minds, that's exactly what's going to happen. So how do we combat it? What do we do? We do what the scripture tells us to do in 2 Corinthians 10.5 where it tells us to take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. That's what we have to do. And by the way, if we back up to the verse right before that one, it tells us that, that we don't fight with the weapons of the world, that our weapons have powers to demolish strongholds. We've got to learn to, to put the word of God and, and those things in our minds so that we are, as it says here, in verse 21, calling to mind the right things, and therefore we have hope. 
We need to know where to turn. Turn to God. Turn to other believers in our lives that can give us godly counsel. Turn to those things that will cause the right thoughts to be put back into our minds. So, so what are those things that we need to think about? Verse 22 and 23, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Several different things, and we'll talk about these a little bit, but if I could just sum it up into kind of a broad category, here's the next main idea is to remind ourselves of God's character. We need to remind ourselves of, of God's character. We see several of those character qualities laid out here. One of them he talks about is God's love for us. In fact, it doesn't just say love. It says because of his great love. One of the things that we are told over and over in Scripture is that God is love, that God loves His people. In fact, we are also told that, that love comes from God. There is no love apart from the source of love, which is God Himself. One of the things that I often mention when I'm doing a marriage ceremony is I, I remind the couple getting married that in order for you to be able to love one another the way God designed you to love, you first have to be able to, to be loved by God, to experience that love of God. Because it's only when we experience God's love that we're able to pass that along. Real love is, is what God expresses to us. And God loves you. He loves you. He loves you at your best and He loves you at your worst. He loves you when you feel unworthy to be loved. He loves you when you are in rebellion against Him. God continues to love you. See, God's love is unlike anything in this world. I've been blessed in my life to experience love in a lot of different forms. I've experienced the love of an amazing wife, of two beautiful daughters, of parents who have loved me very well. I've experienced the love of, of close friends. I'm going to tell you right now, there is nothing that compares to the love of God. Nothing. God loves us. And because of His great love, it says in verse 22, because of that great love, we are not consumed. You see, what should happen as a result of our sin is that we should be wiped out. What should happen is what did happen in the book of Genesis in the great flood. God just got to a point where He had had enough of all the rebellion Genesis chapter 6, and it says that apart from Noah and a few family members, God wiped out the entire earth. That was punishment upon sin, and that's what we deserve. But because of God's great love, we are not wiped out. Because of, of His love for us, we are not consumed. And ultimately, that points back to the cross. That points back to what Jesus did for us. When Jesus gave His life for us, He became our substitute to pay the death penalty that you and I owe. That's the greatest demonstration of God's love. And God continues to love each one of us so much that He wants a relationship with us. He wants a relationship with you because God loves you. God's love is a great love. But then the next thing that it tells us in this passage is that God is also compassionate. For His compassions, it says, never fail. And then it goes on after that and says that His compassions are new every morning. Stop and think about that for a minute. Every single day when you wake up, God's compassions are new. God is ready with a whole new set of compassions for you. 
every single day. Kind of makes me think about the way God provided for his people when they were in the desert after fleeing out of Egypt. And God provided food for them every single day. And the way he did that was by, by making this manna appear on the ground. And he would do it every single day just to remind his people that I, I've got you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to give you what you need for the day. God gives you the compassion that you need for the day because his compassions are new every single day. And we see that embodied throughout Scripture in the life of Jesus. Uh, when Jesus walked this earth, God in human flesh. And one of the things that was so evident about Christ was his compassion. Jesus had compassion for so many different types of people. He showed compassion for those with disabilities. He showed compassion for those with illnesses. He showed compassion for people in need that had physical needs. He showed compassion for people like tax collectors and he even showed compassion for prostitutes. Jesus loved people. He showed compassion. He showed concern for people because that's who God is. That's the God that we're talking about whose compassion is new every morning. No wonder the, the, the result of that or the, the way he, he comes out of that, they're new every morning. And then the next phrase is, great is your faithfulness. This exclamation of how great and faithful God is that he is uh, one that, that, that is so compassionate. But faithfulness is another one of those qualities of God. I was recently reading in our, our men's group that we have on Friday mornings and we've been going through, we just read a different chapter of scripture each week. And we were in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and this, this verse was brought to my mind again. In 2 Timothy 2, 11 through 13, it says, here's a trustworthy saying, if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful for he cannot disown himself. Amazing, that last little statement there. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. Why? Because he can't disown himself. In other words, it's, it's not a possibility because of the character of God to be anything but faithful. He just can't do it. That's who he is. And so God continues to be faithful. You know what God's faithfulness means? It means that God is always going to be who he says he is and to do what he says he will do. That's who God is. He is faithful, and that means that we can count on Him. And by the way, He continues to be faithful, even in the midst of challenges that we face. Even when we don't understand, God continues to be faithful. We need to believe that in order to do the thing that is mentioned twice in the last three verses that we read. And here's the last main idea, and that is it talks about the importance of us learning to wait on the Lord. We need to wait on the Lord. See, if we question God's faithfulness, if we question whether God really loves us, whether God is really compassionate, if we question God's character, we're going to be way less likely to wait on God. We're going to be much more likely to try to take things into our own hands and make things happen on our own. But if we really understand who God is, then we can wait on the Lord. Do you ever have trouble waiting on God? I do. Sometimes I just want to make things happen, you know, get things done, do things my way. Here's a few scriptures if you have trouble waiting on the Lord. And these references are in the online bulletin as well for you to go back to later. But Isaiah 40 verse 31 says, But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. 
They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Psalm 33, 20-22, we wait and hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In Him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in His holy name. And then Psalm 130, verses 5 and 6, As I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in His word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchman for the morning, more than watchman for the morning. And then one last one, and we could give many, many others that talk about this same idea, but Psalm 27, 13 and 14. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. See, waiting on God is one of those things that we know is biblical. We know it's the right thing to do, but it's just hard. It's kind of like choosing to eat a healthy diet. Everybody knows I should be doing that, right? But sometimes it's hard. Sometimes we don't. Why? We don't do it because we don't want to give up what we don't want to give up. Why do we have trouble waiting on God? Because we don't want to give up those things that are important to us. Really, it comes down to control, which is kind of laughable if you stop and think about it. We convince ourselves that we are in control when we really aren't, but we struggle to release control. We struggle to wait on God. But look at what it says in verse 24. It says, I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. Why do we wait for God? We wait for God because he is our portion. Because what we receive is so well worth the wait. Now, as a married man, I have experienced the same thing that I dare say nearly every married man has experienced at some point in your life. And that is that you were ready to go somewhere, but you had to wait on your wife. Guys, ever been there? Now, let me just clarify something and say that that does not happen very often in my household, that my wife is usually... On time, see, I'm trying to pave the way for when I get back home later today. I'm trying to make that transition just a little bit smoother. So, Sean, you heard me on that, right? But we've all been there, right? We've all been there where I'm ready to go. My wife is not quite ready to go. And that's especially true if, you know, she's getting dressed up or just kind of putting extra effort into preparing herself for something special. Now, ladies, you know how this is, right? Beauty can't be rushed. But sometimes, if I'm being honest, sometimes I wish it could. Until, until I see the, the finished product. And then I realize, wow, this was worth waiting on. Why do we wait on God? Because the finished product is so worth it. And here's the thing, guys. It, we're really not waiting on a product at all. We're waiting on God himself. It says that the Lord is our portion. God gives us himself as we are waiting on him. So why do we wait? Well, because it's worth it. And as long as God is sustaining us in the middle of it, then what else could we possibly need? During this season of waiting, let me just encourage you today. You know, we're in a place right now as an entire world, really, not just as a country, but as an entire world. Things are out of our control. We have no choice but to wait. I'm not so sure that's a bad thing. I see that more as an opportunity for us to learn to wait upon God, to learn to look to God for his provision, 
to learn to seek God even in the midst of the trials and the things that come our way. So be encouraged. And I, I pray that you find hope today as you are waiting for God. And as those struggles come, it's okay to acknowledge that they're real, just like Jeremiah did in the book of Lamentations. Um, but know that when we are really looking to God for our strength, and when we are trusting in His character, and when we are waiting for Him, we can find hope even in the darkness. Let's pray. Lord, I thank You today for who You are. Lord, I thank You for, for the fact that You are worth the wait, that You are worth whatever um, we have to do in order to, to see You do in our lives what You want to do in our lives. So, Lord, we, we invite that today. We ask that you would work. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Here's what I want to encourage you to do today. I suspect that, that there's somebody that is hearing this, this message of God loving you. And it's beginning to resonate. It's beginning to sink in maybe for the first time. And maybe for the first time today, the step you need to take is a step of trusting in Christ as your personal Savior. It's to pray and say, Jesus, I need you. I realize that I'm sinful. I realize that I've made a mess of my life, but I believe that you died on the cross to pay for my sins, that you rose from the dead to prove that you're alive, and I believe that you really do want to give me the gift of eternal life. If that's where you are today, I want to encourage you to let us know so we can just kind of help you through that process. Or maybe there's something else on your heart today, a next step that you need to take, a rededication of your life to the Lord or whatever it may be. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to text that keyword response to that same number that was on the screen before and it's on there again for you. Just text that word response. We would love to hear from you. All we're going to do is just have one of our staff just reach out and say, um, can we pray for you in any way? It's not threatening, um, just a simple way for us to come alongside and say, we're here, we want to know how we can support you in whatever way we possibly can. Uh, so take just a moment and do that. I can't encourage you strongly enough. If God is stirring in your heart today to really do something about that, to just text in that word and we'll just send you, it'll email you a little form that you can fill out and say, here's what God has put on my heart. Once you fill that out, and click the save button, it'll send it directly to us. We'll know how we can pray for you. We'll know how uh, we can support you in whatever that next step may be for you today. One of the other things I want to mention before Stephen comes and, and kind of uh, gives us some things to think about and some closing thoughts and things to pray over. Uh, normally, this is a portion of our service where we take up our offering. I just want to say a thank you to, um, to everyone who is supporting us financially through this time. I realize it's a scary time. I realize things are uncertain right now. Uh, we do continue on with our ministry, and we're continuing to have some of those expenses. I just want to say thank you for your faithfulness. Uh, those that are able to continue to give, please do so. Um, and, and those that are struggling... And maybe if you've lost a job or whatever, would you let us know on that front just so we can pray for you? We'd love to know how to come alongside and pray for you. This is not a guilt thing. This is just simply a way to say, let's continue to be faithful with what God has entrusted to us. And we have a link that you can go to uh, as well. Um, and you can go to the website, gatewayonline.org slash give and, uh, and do it that way or through the PushPay app. There are a lot of different avenues. But I just want to say thank you for your support.